In the name of one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, amen. We are Californians. Well, at least those of us who are normally in St. Cross on a Sunday morning, we are Californians, and as Californians, we know we have earthquakes. And with that, we like to talk about being prepared. What earthquake kit do you have? How do you store your water? Do you know where to shut off your gas? And do you have the right tools? Does your family have a plan? If you think about it, our businesses, our workspaces, our schools, our community departments, they all prepare for earthquakes. We do drills to make sure we all know our plan. And in fact, we pride ourselves frequently on our preparedness. In California, even though we have our plans and our supplies, we still daily live in the hope that we will not have to use them. As we go to sleep most nights and our head goes down on the pillow, the imminent big one isn't normally on our minds. Now is it? And today's gospel, you see, isn't talking about our big one, but about the one true big one, the second coming of Jesus. And in talking about the big one, this parable has a lot to say about being prepared. The writers of the gospel of Matthew were living in a time when they were waiting, when they were expecting daily the second coming of Jesus. And in fact, they thought Jesus' second coming would have happened by then. And the synagogues were beginning to stress and to bifurcate into those who followed Jesus because he thought he was the Messiah and those who thought it was a load of malarkey. Because Jesus told his disciples he would return. He would come again to raise the living and the dead and had not yet. Many were becoming skeptical and using Jesus's absence as a weapon against those who did continue to follow the Messiah. At the time when this gospel was written, tensions were high. Families were not getting along with one another. They had, in fact, stopped speaking to each other. They had cut one another off. They distrusted one another. People were kicked out of their own synagogues for following Jesus. So this parable that we hear today of the ten bridesmaids is about God's big one and being prepared for the second coming of Christ. And while we here in California think a lot about earthquakes, especially when we get a little tremor or two, I'm going to hazard a guess that not many of us go to bed every night taking inventory of whether or not we are ready to make, meet Jesus in case the big one should happen. 
I would guess that even on a Sunday after we've discussed scripture in adult ed or Sunday school or in church or in a sermon, we don't go to bed doing a question to ourselves, question after question about are we prepared to meet Jesus? Yet this gospel passage is written precisely to challenge us to think about how do we prepare? Ten bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom who is late. That's not their fault. He's just late. And all ten of them fall asleep. And the bridegroom finally comes and five think they don't have enough oil. And so they ask the other five to share. And these other five who brought extra supplies, they refuse to share and they send the first five off to get their own supplies. And while they do that, the bridegroom invites the five who were prepared into the wedding banquet. And by the time the other five get back, they are shut out. There is so much we could parse in this parable. Yet I want to stick with being prepared and to look at the challenges of this parable and I want to give a huge thanks to the commentator Debbie Thomas for her musings on this challenging gospel reading. Perhaps, or my first point, and perhaps the most important, in this time when our country feels as bifurcated as those ten bridesmaids, it is not up to us to decide who is prepared and who is not. I have the oil because I know better and you do not. Too bad you didn't think of bringing other oil or have the money to buy it or earn it or have the opportunity and time to go get it and so forth. All of these things that we go do to justify our being right and someone else being wrong that judgment is for God alone. That ultimate judgment belongs to God. And to that end, I liked the idea posed about the scripture that perhaps we have a bit of both bridesmaids in us. And it's up to us to decide if we're going to live in scarcity or in abundance. Either way, it is not up to you or to me, to decide who is in and who is out. The second point about today's parable is how prepared do you think you are? I mean, we do believe Jesus is going to come back. We say every week in our creed, do we not? He will come again to raise the living and the dead. That is a statement of our faith. And I hope as much as you may say them rotely week in and week out, that they are not empty words to you. We do believe that Jesus will come back. What that looks like or when that will happen, that isn't for us to know. 
And it is also not a carrot hanging over our head. We are not to be on pins and needles, waiting in our best clothes, on our best behavior, with our gunny sack of supplies next to us, waiting for Jesus to show up. Rather, we're called to be who God created us to be. And in that creation, to live lives of faith. Lives that follow Jesus' example of humility and courage and hope. We are called to live prepared. Prepared to live into the gospel. Prepared to follow the example and the footsteps of Jesus. When I look at those five bridesmaids who were sent away... I look at them and perhaps, perhaps they thought, they thought they didn't have the oil they needed. Maybe they did have enough. Perhaps if they had not lived in fear of not having enough, they would have realized that they didn't have to go away. That with what they had, it was enough to light their way. And then again, Maybe those other five with the extra oil should have shared. It's not what our gospel says. And even though those five who were super prepared got into the wedding banquet, even with the unexpected tardiness of the world around them, maybe those five missed the point that there's more than enough for us to share for everyone to get in. No matter the angle at which one looks at this parable, it is clear that God calls us to live lives that are prepared by our faith. What should our lives look like knowing that Jesus will come again and will invite us, will invite me, and will invite you, and will invite your neighbor? Will invite all of us into God's ultimate wedding banquet the kingdom of heaven. Being prepared for the big one starts with our following Jesus. Jesus and his example of humility and hopefulness and courageousness and being alert. Being prepared in this day and age is watching the tone of what you write on Facebook or when talking about those who are across the aisle from you. Being prepared is figuring out how to stay in relationship with those who make you most frustrated and upset. I could say that especially applies around the election, friends and relatives and neighbors and enemies. How do we stay in healthy relationship? Being prepared is not pronouncing judgment, but finding the way to build that very relationship rooted in Christ. I keep going back to Brian Stevenson's quote, that he used for those on death row, but 
actually applies to each and every one of us. Each of us is more than the worst thing we have done. Each of us is more than the worst thing we have done. If we can say that about someone who's been incarcerated, we can certainly say that about Democrats and Republicans and independents and everyone in between. Being prepared by our faith is hard work. It is hard work to see through someone's hate. It is hard work to see through our own anger. And perhaps our preparation for the big one of Jesus' return is indeed the most difficult challenge of our faith. Yet when we are prepared, when we rely on our faith, especially in those most difficult moments when we want to be righteous and lash out with our truth, if in those moments we go back and we follow the example of Jesus, humble, hopeful, courageous, and alert. And in that moment, we might just glimpse through those doors into that heavenly wedding banquet. And we will witness the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. Amen.